So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. All right, I got a three-star review. This is from uh, NDAC. N-DAC. It gave me three stars, or she did. Somebody did. Horrible audio quality, excellent content. Uh, first of all, I'm going <laughs> to uh, let me read the review, then I'll uh, address it. Pat knows the right questions to ask since he was actually in the business. I wish all the interviews were with active producing agents because Pat has a knack for getting to actionable content when interviewing agents. I skipped the episodes with coaches and vendors who don't sell real estate and want to sell agents their services. Thanks for the great content, Pat. Please buy a new microphone. All right, so this microphone that I'm on right now is the same microphone I use. Now, I have, I have in the past accidentally forgot to hit the computer microphone and used to switch microphones on the computer and 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 those episodes were used and no longer will that happen matter of fact i did one about a month ago and we had to trash it so that will never happen again and then with my guests you know, i don't let them come on anymore if they're using their computer microphone they have to at least have the little tiny things you get with a free phone or you get free with your phone you have to at least have that sort of microphone because uh, Otherwise, I, I won't let you on. I literally just did an episode where I made the dude take like 10 minutes and go and get a microphone set up because it just is too echoey. So we're doing our best. This microphone I'm using now is a, a PR40. It was $450. I think it's even more than that now. So that's what I use. Okay, cool. Also, NDAC, you know, it's funny that you say that about the coaches and the and the things that people that have something to sell and i totally get it and i totally appreciate it i am you you would not believe the amount of requests that i get on a weekly basis for people wanting to come on the show and just to give you some perspective and i'm not exaggerating these numbers at least once a day and um i generally always turn them down unless i think that uh, well they're a good coach and they have they have something of value and even if they're a good coach or even if they're, you know, wanting to sell something, I tell them, I said, this is not going to be a half an hour sales pitch. It's going to be like, you can say who you are and where you're from, but, you know, I don't want you, you know, use their space uh, talking about whatever the heck you're trying to make money off of. You know, you have to give back value. You have to pretend like you're going to teach a class in front of the board of realtors and give back as much value as possible. And if they can't do that, I, I, I cut them off. Literally, I just did this yesterday. The guy you know, it was going on and on about, you know, an idea of how he can get more leads, but you can only do it with his product. And I was like, I can't use this. It was like, you're going to have to come back again another day and bring me something that people can use for free without having to use your stuff. So I am very conscious of that. I wouldn't say it's 100%, but I do allow some, but trust me, I get many, many requests. It's unbelievable. All right. So I appreciate the feedback. Thank you. And deck. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, 
the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we've got a fantastic guest from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Winston Murray. I got that right? Yep. Awesome. And Winston is with Think Realty. Winston, you've been in business for about eight years, 30 years old. So let's jump right into this thing. How'd you get into real estate or why? Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, I guess I kind of fell into it. I you know, did everything from uh, dishwashing to you know, line prep, cook, busing, landscaping, nice. construction work to event management. And then I had an opportunity to be an assistant to a pretty high producing real estate agent about eight years ago. And I just took the opportunity and learned as much as I could. She ended up firing me because I was her transaction coordinator. And I'm not sure I'm any better at transaction coordinating today than I, than I was then. Right. After that, I joined a team at Keller Williams as a showing agent and then quickly worked my way to a buyer's agent. Got about 70 deals under my belt within the first you know, uh, two years. Wow. And then decided I wanted to be on my own after that. Joined a smaller brokerage here in Portland called Think Real Estate. It's kind of a more boutique brokerage. There's only about 35 agents that operate out of that office. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not crazy about the team model. I'm just going to do my own thing. If I could sell 24 houses a year, I'd be totally happy. And then I sold 36. And then I realized I needed an assistant. Yeah. And things just kind of snowballed from there. Love that. And then how, so you've been in on your own for about six years. Is that right? I've been on my own for about three and a half, four years. Three and a half. Okay. Got it. And so down to the basics here or the important stuff, how many houses did you sell in the last 12 months? Uh, about 85. 85. Awesome. And then volume-wise, what's that look like? What's your price point out there? Yeah. So last year, we sold 70 houses with an average sales price of uh, 370 Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. So last year, we did almost you know, $30 million in, in total volume. Nice. And then gross commission GCI, what's that look like for you? We had, what was it? We had a gross commission and 2018 was 640. 640. And then profit margin on that? 40%. 40%. That's really good. 40%. Nice. So yeah. how does your team, how is your team structured right now? It's you, admin, how many agents do you have? Yeah. So I have one full-time transaction coordinator working working from home. She is local here. And then I have one operations manager is kind of the glue uh, for everything. And, uh, and then I have one buyer's agent. I am looking to continue to grow my team. In October of last year, in 2018, we had brought on two buyer's agents and one of them is still with me. And I learned a lot about the hiring process in that time. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding more clarity on what direction we want to grow the team. There's so many different ways to do it. There's not a bulletproof right. formula. And, you know, I think a lot of it is trial and error. And unfortunately, you know, it, it costs money to do that. But we've learned a lot over the last six months. And I'm really excited in the direction that our team is headed now. 
So for any agent that's listening who is sort of in your position, successful and looking to scale up, build a team, do more, do more volume, what did you learn? Can you tell us what you learned from, let's just say, some of the challenges you faced and some of the mistakes you made? Yeah, I didn't vet the agents as much as I would have liked to. You know, now looking back, really like the DISC personality test, the Tony Robbins, you know, DISC personality test for agents. I think it's a really good indicator of the type of personality you really want to see in a good agent, people person, someone who's extroverted, someone who can be a chameleon when they need to. And also, you know, beyond, so that initially for the test, but then just to really spend, you know, time uploading from the beginning before you bring someone on to, to make sure it's a good fit with the people you already have on your team right. and their intentions are in alignment with our team model and, and level of service really. But what did you do? Like after learning that, what did you put in place to make sure that the next person you go to hire, you'll have a lot better result from your side. Obviously the person you hire could also just take a, a nosedive, but what did you put in place now? Well, I think I'm pretty clear that I want to hire people who have at least a year or two of experience just so they're not coming off of it totally green. You know, I'm, I'm strapped for time right now. So, you know, I really don't have a lot of bandwidth to be teaching people how to open lock boxes and write offers. You know, ideally, I'm looking for people who are, you know, maybe a year or two in the industry don't really have the lead generation support system down um, and, and are motivated to close a lot of deals, you know. That's fair enough. Yeah, totally. Now, what's, uh, what's your goal? Like, where do you see yourself taking the team? So this year with the, the buyer's agent on the team, myself, the transaction coordinator and the operations manager, we're hoping to break 100 transactions. 100, okay. Awesome. And hit closer to 40, 45 million total. Got it. And then your average price point, you said it's about 350, 360? 370 was our average last year. Okay. That's pretty good. Is that the average yeah. for Portland or is that, is that pretty high? Uh, medium for Portland is about four, 415. Okay. All right. That's a good price point. And then yeah. as far as, go ahead, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I just, uh, you know, I'm definitely, you know, have a vision on where I want to grow the team. And, you know, I, I think just in the last six months, you know, I, the guy I hired who's still with me, the buyer's agent on my team now, he's on a 60-40 split up until his t first 12 months being in real estate just because he was totally green getting into it. Uh, but then he's going to transition into a 50-50 split. And then I'm going to allow him to do buying and selling. Got it. Now, speaking of that, what's your, what's your percentage buyers to listings? Like how many buyers yeah. do you have? Yeah, what was that? We had, I think it was about, we're probably 35% sellers okay. and 65 buyers. Got it. Is that where you want to be? I would like to get our, our listing side up a little bit more. You know, I, I think, you know, I would, I would prefer to be at a, you know, like a 50, 50, 50 or 40, 60. Got it. This year is evening out a little bit more. Okay. And then as far as your, uh, like the buy side goes, what's your number one source for those buyer leads? Say that again. What's your number one source for your buyer leads? Referrals. And I think that's why our, our profit margin is 40%. It's referrals. 
you know, I mean, we're spending a lot of energy at client retention and just doing a good job. I think where a lot of teams go wrong is they're still caught up on creating a new contact and just finding the hottest buyer out there and getting them in contract. And they miss the opportunity on the back end after the sale has closed. I think that's what really makes our team unique. And that, you know, I started out with, you know, training in Buffini and relationship-based business and referrals. So we're doing Popeyes, you know what I mean? We're, we're you know, beyond Popeyes, we're doing a good job within the process, you know, right. so that when they get keys, they have a good feeling about us, you know, and that leaves the door open for us to com continue communication after the fact and encourage, you know, client retention and, and client referrals. What else are you doing for client retention? So we do, you know, we do annual parties. We do, you know, Popeye gifts quarterly. We're doing, you know, monthly newsletters. We're doing direct mail. You know, this, you know, around this time of year, we're sending out a spring farmer's market calendar for local farmer's markets in the area. And then we're partnering with a local nursery to send them like, you know, you know, seeds and stuff like that. So it's somewhat relevant to the season. It's, it's localized and it's, it's personal enough to where, you know, they're not just totally throwing it in the trash. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then how many referrals do you get? So let's say last year you did what, 90 or 85 transactions? Right now you're in the last 12 months, we've done 85 last year, year to date in 2018, we did 70. Got it. Okay. How many of those clients are actually referring you? That's a good question. Probably, I mean, we get about, we probably get about four or five closings from referrals a month. That's big. That's huge. Wow, I love that. And then as far as the listing yeah. side, how are you getting those leads? Same thing? Same thing. You know, I'd say second to referrals at Zillow. Okay. You know what I mean? And, you pay for are, yeah. And we are a team that is expanding. And, you know, for me being only 30 years old, I only know so many people. I am local. I, I grew up here. I have a bit, big network to start, which has worked in my favor for sure. But, you know, going back to the referral model, anyone we kind of, we, you know, we're using Zillow to scale. I mean, we're using Zillow to scale, meet new clients, meet those hot new buyers, but in doing it, we're not bailing on them and forgetting about them. They're getting treated the way we would treat our neighbors or our best friend or our family member. Okay. And, and that allows us to not only grow our past sales, but grow our database and grow our referral network. So, you know, we're scaling with Zillow and we're treating them the same as anyone else. And uh, we're doing a good job keeping in contact with them on the back end. So what are you doing on Zillow? You're obviously you're spending monthly to be a premier yeah. agent. Yeah. Okay. What's your spend look like? If you can discuss that. Uh, five grand. Five grand a month? Yeah, but, okay. half, but half that can be covered by a lender. So we have a lender, a couple lender partners covering half that. Got it. Okay. That's cool. And then what are you seeing from that? So like if there was an agent right now that's listening to this and said, man, I want to, I want to, I want to take action today. So regarding your number one source, which is referrals, obviously if they don't have past clients, I'm not going to get referrals right away. There are ways to do yeah. that. But like regarding Zillow, what would you tell someone to do right now who wants to take action? I mean, you know, what I did when I broke from the team, because, you know, uh, 
you know, at that time, I was like, if I could close 24 deals, be on my own, start fresh, join a new brokerage. I was a new agent when I, you know, when I started on my, at least on my new to, new to running a business solely by myself. I went all in on, you know, maybe I had a hundred people in my database and I said, okay, these are my hundred people. Right. You know what I mean? But the first thing I did, I, I think I only had, you know, maybe five grand to play with is go all in on Zillow. You know, I think where Zillow makes a lot of their money is is they get a lot of people who sign up and there may be a few hundred bucks a month here and there, but you're really not getting traction at that level. You need to go all in. And that's why having a lender to offset, you know, half of those costs is, is critical. But by doing so, I was able to scale pretty quickly and build new relationships. And as long as I treated those people just the same and, and did a really good job throughout the process, then, you know, it was a slam dunk. So tell me about your system with Zillow. So... How do you process leads? How do you stay on top of those leads? Not everybody's buying right away. So how do you nurture those leads to make sure that they're going to go with you? Yeah, you need to follow up with them quickly. I would say that, you know, it's, I think agents get really distracted with, again, chasing down the next lead. But ultimately, it's not about the agent. It's about the consumer. Right. And we always have to come back to that. It's about the consumer. It's not about me. It's not about my team. It's about how can we provide the best level of service to the consumer. And I know that if we get them on the phone or we meet them in person, we're going to do a pretty damn good job compared to the competition. So, you know, whenever I'm reaching out to these leads, it's coming from a place of service. How can I help you? Because I know I can, you know, I don't need their business. I want to help them. And, and right. that's the mentality I've had since day one. It's not something where I'm really, you know, scratching to get another lead. Like I'm here to help. And if they want my help as a professional who's been doing it for eight plus years, like I'm, I'm here to help them. So obviously we want to get them on the phone. We want to call them as soon as possible to be the first one in the door because they don't care really how much experience I have up front. They just want to get, you know, the door open and they want to see the house. And at that point, then you can start to educate them on the processes. You know, it's amazing to me how many consumers really are educated on the process and they're so quick to just go see homes uh, without having any clue of how it works, how my agent commission splits work. And so a lot of times when I get them on the phone, it's about education. We're leading from a place of service and helping them, but we're also leading with education because, you know, I'll, I'll be straight up and be like, Hey, look, you know, I'm not the listing agent on that property. You called me because I advertise in that area because I live there and I specialize in that area. And it kind of takes the weight out of the whole conversation and I'm being transparent with, you know, how we met. I like um, them. So, yeah. So, you know, we were, we were doing it, you know, Zillow has a split line where you can add your agents and then, you know, we were doing it to where, you know, a Zillow call would come in and then first one to get the call gets it. It's kind of a jump ball system. Because, you know, if I'm in an appointment, I want to make sure my buyer's agents have an opportunity to jump on it as well. Other than Zillow, we're doing a couple other, experimenting with a couple other online lead generation sources. And I found that, you know, me picking up the phone call or trying to step out to pick up a phone call was taken away from the level of service that I do want to be providing. So we've hired agent assistants. It's a you know third-party ISA company who syndicates with our database. So as soon as we get a lead from Zillow or any other third-party you know lead source online, they get called within I think it's a minute or something like that, and then they have a follow-up system beyond that. So they're screening leads if it's a renter or something like that. It's not the best use of my time. I would way rather be 
spending time with people I know who are serious and committed to working with us and need my attention at that moment. So that has saved us a ton of time and it allows us to be more present with the clients we do already have. And then they send us a text and say, Hey, this is a buyer and they're looking at, you know, one, two, three main street and they want you to call them at two o'clock and then we'll call them right away. And then we'll say, Hey, we'll call you at two o'clock. And just to make sure we're getting our foot in the door, if they're, you know, super motivated we'll jump on it right away. So what's that company name again? Agent assistant. Agent assistant. Now let's talk about that for a second. So do you think in terms of time, where do you think the market is going? So the SOI, the database, how do you feel about that in the future of real estate? And then regarding, you know, a Zillow or a Boomtown or something like that, like a lead generation platform, like what's your, what are your thoughts on how to scale? Because you can only scale so much with an SOI business. You feel that yeah. way? Yeah. We're, I would like to think we're doing both because I see the value in doing high production. I think the, the market and the industry as a whole is consolidating and there's a lot of opportunity online. That's, right. you know, that's where I go. If I'm in a new city and I'm looking for a restaurant, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to go to Facebook. I'm going to go to Instagram. That is becoming more human than I think, you know, previous solely relationship focused business thinks it is. And I see, I see the benefit of both. And I think that our team is really a good match between both and a hybrid between relationship based, based business and high volume uh, internet lead business. Unfortunately, you know, right now I see a, a split and a divide. I think you're right. And a lot of referral based business caps out at about, you know, 50 transactions a year, you can only handle so much. Whereas with the team, if I'm allowing and training and making sure that agents are doing the level of service, you know, that, that I value and I want to be providing to our clients, you know, I think we can, I think we can scale by doing, you know, online lead generation sources and, and platforms like Zillow to, to plug them into our database and, and, and go from there and create relationships. Some of my best, you know, referral based clients I met off Zillow, the source was Zillow, you know, and those are very human uh, relationships. Whereas I, I think a lot of, you know, strictly relationship based realtors, Oh, all online leads are bad. You know, like, you know, there's, there's good and bad clients everywhere and people who want your help and who want to listen to you and respect you or not. And some of the some of the best clients I have I've met offline. And, I like that. You know, I go to the house for dinner. I mean, these are these are long term relationships. You know, I mean, it's really about the human connection. At a certain point, no matter how they're introduced, referral, Zillow, Boomtown, like whatever the source is, it's about how you intercept. Now, do you use a uh, specific script, or are you just talking to these people from a place of of service? Uh, I just I just talk to them, man. I, I, you know, the my first my first line is how can I help you? You know what I mean? That's it. And I start the conversation from there. And if I feel like I can help them, I will. If, if not, I'll tell them. But in terms of how we're tracking these leads, because, you know, we are dealing with, with high, you know, pretty high volume, you know, leads that come in and we need to be able to sort and follow up and, you know, build those relationships and, and, you know, create that human side of the, of the, of the business that we that we've so far thrived in. 
so doing that as we're scaling, when more leads are coming in is a challenge. I think as any team grows, you're going to continuously have to revamp your systems to maintain quality and, and care of service. So we, uh, right now, our CRM is follow-up boss. And we also uh, contract with a company called Ylopo. And they are a social media uh, retargeting marketing company. So, you know, our database currently syndicates with, with Facebook and it syndicates with Zillow and all of our other online lead sources. So as soon as a lead comes in, they're automatically in our database as long as, you know, the, uh, you know, the email is going to our email, um, you know, it goes into our database and then agent assistant is following up with them right away. And then those people are being retargeted to automatically on Facebook. And then that allows us a platform to continue communication. And, you know, we have set reminders to call people. Um, and it's not, in a, it's not in a way like, you know, I, I don't want to call people who don't want to work with me. You know, the, the, the mentality always is, how can I help this person? Hey, I had you in my calendar to follow up with. How are you doing? Are you still looking for a home? You know, are you thinking about selling? I'm happy to call. If not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, drive them crazy. You know, there's plenty of other business out there. So how many leads a month do you get? Oh, what is it? How many leads a month are we getting? We're probably getting, I think our leads to sales was, I think we had about, there's like 17 leads to sales or something like that. 15 to 17 leads to sales. What's that? That's really good. Yeah, and part of that is you know because a lot of it's coming from uh, a lot of it's coming from referrals. You know, these are people; those are the those are the best leads. You know, I don't have to I don't have to try to build trust really quick because their name was passed down by a, a, a trusted friend already. You know, and then on, on Zillow, you know, obviously it's a higher cost per lead, and those are typically you know. I would say in terms of online lead generation, Zillow is at the top in terms of. Cost cost per lead and quality. So, you know, we've had a lot of success with Zillow leads as well. Got it. All right. So let's take it back for a second on, on your CRM on follow-up boss. Do you have a, a sequence of follow-up emails, drip campaigns, things like that? And then it's setting automatic reminders for you to actually pick up the phone and call or text or do you just let the system do its thing and then anything that's warm, you'll pick up the phone and anything that like, you know, ISAs couldn't get a hold of or somebody that says they're not interested, you guys aren't wasting time. We're, we're not wasting too much time on it. I think that, you know, if we've had a conversation with them and, and we could tell that, you know, they're, they're motivated to buy, we usually are able to categorize that buyer as a buyer one, buyer two, or buyer three. Buyer one being someone who's willing to buy, you know, or, or shows interest in buying, over the course of the next one to three months, a buyer two would be categorized as someone who's, um, you know, probably three to six months out. And then a buyer three is six months to a year out. And then, you know, based on our communication, our conversations with them, we'll categorize them in each one of those three categories. And then there's a follow-up system in that. So we'll say, okay, this person's a buyer one, we're going to put them on a buyer one action plan. And that will allow us to, you know, check our task list daily and weekly, and then we'll get a reminder in, you know, a couple of weeks to call that buyer one, reach out, 
hey, how can I help? You know, I had you in my calendar to follow up with. I know you're interested in purchasing. Are you, are you wanting to learn more about the process or are you wanting to get in to see a house? It also has a built-in website. So, you know, it's, you know, they're set up on a search through our website that's directly connected to the local MLS here. And so I can see if they're looking at, you know, X amount of homes in a week, you know, that's someone I should call. Hey, you've you've viewed this one home eight times in the last 24 hours. You know, is this something you want to go check out? Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so it's good for online leads, but it's also the same system we use for referrals. You know, I mean, you know, every referral isn't a buyer one. They're, those are people who, you know, might want to buy or sell within the next year or two. And those aren't people we're going to forget about. Those are people we're going to call over the course of the next, you know, three to six months and, and make sure we're staying in front of them. You know, I, I think over everything, you know, we do a good job staying in front of people in print marketing, on social media, on on email through our monthly newsletter over the phone or text i mean we're we're you know we're casting a pretty wide net yeah. um and i f- i feel good about it because i i know that we're going to do a good job throughout the process this isn't a burn and turn model this is a hey this this business only works if we're doing a really good job by the client if we're yeah. in full presentation the whole time we're updating them on on every step and, you know, we have good contractors and vendors that are going to expedite the inspection process. They're going to come out of it. Most of the time, we're going to get a five-star review. And they're going to be stoked to pass our name along. That's perfect. And uh, phone apps, are you using any phone apps right now? I mean, it's Premier Agent phone app, things like that, but anything special, anything specific? No, man, I like keeping it really simple. I think Facebook and Instagram are great. It, it provides, you know, a level of you know, it, it provides a personal touch. And I think Facebook, Instagram have been talked about plenty of times before, but it, it, it makes it real for people. You know, yeah. so, many, so many of us are on our, on our Instagram scrolling our feed. And if they see us in the office working, they see the behind the scenes and, and it takes the mystery out of it. This isn't just a, a sales push. This is me living and breathing real estate. This is me playing with my dogs in the park when I have a free second. This yep. is me talking this is me showing houses and you know i think that's it's priceless you know i I like keeping things really simple that's why we have a one two three that's why we're at a 50 50 split with our agents that's why you know i believe in just doing a good job above all and getting referrals is the best way to run a business yeah love that so tell me about a failure you've had in the last let's just say three years while you've been building a team a, a total failure that today you see as a success? Yeah, hiring. You know, I, I think I jumped the gun on hiring without doing due diligence ahead of time. You know, I hired someone who was, you know, an old friend of mine and someone I really like, I still really like, but they just weren't the right personality for the job. And, you know, I, I didn't have them do any kind of personality test until three months into the job. And after looking at it was really clear and that's something I could have done you know six months prior and saved probably 50 grand (laughs) yeah man those mistakes are costly they're like did you go to college no no I'm uh uh, I'm uh you know I graduated high school I did you know a little bit of college community college and then and then I got into real estate I fell into real estate not good for you man that's awesome at least so now you're all that money that you're spending is that's just a 
college education on your like actual application in your business. So it, it's direct link. I love that. Like before I got in, before I got, you know, I said I was a, a, a dishwasher, line cook, and all those things. You know, I actually ended up starting a, a local nonprofit before I got into real estate. So I did a little bit of event management, and I I skipped over the part where I actually was a, a founder of a local nonprofit here in Portland. And that was my four-year college education. That was a grassroots organization effort that now, you know, employs 10 people and we raise about 350 plus thousand in, in grant money through Multnomah County here in Portland every year. And it's servicing hundreds of people a week. And that was my four-year college education. So besides hiring, if you could talk to yourself as a rookie agent right now, and give yourself some advice besides hiring, what would it be? I would say that, you know, the industry is changing. And in order to thrive in this industry right now, I think over the next four years, the industry is going to consolidate quite a bit, build an online profile and, and do a good job and ask for the referral. Yeah, love that. Absolutely love that. Now, what's one of the biggest sources of pain in your business right now? Biggest sources of pain. I would say just, you know, I mentioned previously that, you know, as your team is growing, you're consistently having to revamp and recreate your system. Yeah. And that's the big pain because, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the best at everything. I'm really good with people, you know, and I, that's where I should be. And for me, you know, the older I get, the more clarity I have on what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And, you know, I now have a support team of people helping do the things I'm really not good at, but it still requires my attention as we're growing. They want to see the direction. They want to know what to do. And it takes me, it takes me to block out time and create and create those, you know, those opportunities for us to brainstorm and talk about the direction of the team and talk about what systems we're going to need to implement or revamp to handle this next wave of business and, and ha handle the growth that we're seeing right now. So time blocking, I would say, and, you know, systems is, is, you know, the hardest part of the job and will continue to be as we, as long as we continue to grow. Got it. Got it. What books are you reading right now? What books am I reading right now? I'm, what am I reading? What did I read? Just read something I really liked. I can't remember it. Listening to Jim Rohn, I'm listening to all sorts of different kind of motivational, inspirational, you know, self-help kind of books that, and also practicing some meditation. If you, you know, if I was to mention one other app, it would be Headspace because I think us as leaders need that. We need that motivation and, you know, it's really easy to get beat down in this industry and be hard on ourselves. And I, I think a lot of people getting into the industry have really high hopes. And then you see like almost a, almost a 90%, you know, turnover rate within the first yeah. 12 months. And it's really important to be feeding ourselves with positive affirmations and, and being able to push through those hard times. And, you know, when I first started, that looked a little different than it is now because I'm carrying a much larger burden now and a much larger operating expense. And if we're not hitting these numbers, you know, this is going to happen. I think that stress will eat people alive. So a lot of the content that I'm feeding myself whenever I have time to read a book is geared towards self 
help kind of inspirational, motivational meditation content that will that will help me and not in the ego way but in a hey you know i I love myself i can do this and i will push through this and i i I think it's a really fine line because this industry will eat you up and spit you out if if you're not staying on top of it or turn you into someone who is a total maniac (laughs) ego maniac on the other end you know so trying to stay humble while growing and trying to stay motivated in the tough times is, is critical uh, when I have those rare moments of silence. Yeah. I love that, man. So personal development, definitely key. What's something unique about you besides the, the relationship part. And I asked this question because a lot of agents out there, they think they have something unique and then they find out that 50 people in their office have the same sort of thing, but there's always something that's really unique about each person that they take into the business. And that's why they're either successful or they're not because they either exploit that or they don't. So what would you say is one thing that's really unique about you that, that people just can't duplicate? I would say my drive. I'm super, I'm super driven, you know, for my age and I've been, you know, knocked down quite a bit, but I don't ever give up. And, you know, I, I will never stop growing. And I think that has shown I've, I've been able to scale and grow pretty quickly at a manageable rate. You know, it's not to the point where we're, you know, totally falling apart. But, you know, we definitely know how to continue to push push the limit. And I'm pretty resilient. You know, I, I think that's the, you know, and there's a lot of other people who are resilient as well. But, you know, I haven't really seen many teams producing 100 plus transactions that are equally as focused on client retention and relationship building as volume. I love that. That's a great point. That's definitely a great point. So I know we kind of touched on it a little earlier, but I want to get your take on what you think the future holds for real estate agents. So obviously you're a huge Zillow fan. Now they got the Zillow iBuyer thing. You got Amazon coming out with some stuff. You've got a lot of brokerages that are starting that more virtual model what do you think yeah. the, where do you think the industry goes in five years from now i think that i think zillow you know i i mean keller's coming out with some things but in terms of like the new wave of of real estate you know keller remax almost kind of outdated in a lot of ways i think and you know and i like keller and i like remax but i think you know zillow and redfin you know, Amazon, those are going to be the big players yeah. in, in, in the next five years. The industry is consolidating and by consolidation, I mean, fees are going to lower yeah. and, and it's geared towards the consumer. So, you know, us as agents can't be mad at that, but we're going to have to shift. A lot of people can kick and scream and I haven't been around long enough to really, you know, I would be pretty upset if I've been in real estate for 40 years and now <laughs> this is happening and deals are getting taken away from me. But, you know, I also, you know, I also, you know, see the trends and I see as a, as a young person and as a millennial, I see where it's headed. Most of our clientele is that way and they want more transparency. They do feel like fees are, you know, outrageous. And, you know, I've lost listing appointments because of it, because, because of fees. And, you know, I'm open to those changes, but right now I feel like it is a race to, to um, capture as much market share as possible so that you're in a position to either compete or partner with one of those bigger companies that 
are ultimately going to come in and, and probably buy everything out. And maybe that's just the conspiracy theorist in me, but <laughs> I also, I, I do, I mean, that's, that's supported by my business coach and by, you know, a lot of other people who, who are seeing those trends. So brand new agent coming into the business, young person in their like, let's just say mid twenties, what's the number one thing they do right out of the gate? Get experience. You know, I, I think a lot of people come, I would join a team. Yeah, I would, I would join a, I would get experienced. I would join a team. I mean, you know, it's anyone can create a Facebook page and an online profile, but if you don't know how to actually have a conversation with the client, once you have that opportunity, it, it doesn't make a difference. You know, yeah. you need, you need the experience. You need to do the dirty work. And I did the dirty work for, you know, four and a half, five years. Yeah, that's a great point, man. I mean, I, I, I almost wish someone when I started, I started in real estate about six and a half years ago, I wish somebody would have told me join a team basically just to, to, to get more traction in the mud and learn through other people's mistakes, learn with yeah. other people's dollars and yeah. supercharge that growth. I think that, I think that's a great piece of advice for anybody getting in, unless you're like the, the rare breed who gets in and just kills it right from the start. You just hit, or you're hitting everything on and you're very quickly shifting out of the things that aren't working, which is rare. Yeah. You know? So I love yeah, that. I mean, so, I, yeah, I think that's, I, I'm grateful for the, the team experience I had at Keller Williams. I got a lot of really good base training, and, you know, and I had a lot of support and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it without. Yeah. So where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you in Portland? They can find us on our Instagram at uh, PDX Works Team. They can find us on our website at pdxworksrealestate.com. That's got my, you know, that's got our number on there. You can reach us out anytime uh, on Facebook or PDX Works Real Estate. PDX, so, Paul, David, yeah, telephone. Yeah, PDX as an X-ray, Works, U-O-R-K-S, realestate.com. Awesome. Anything else you want to wrap up with, man? This has been a great interview. Yeah, follow us on Instagram, PDX Works Team. Love it. Now, you got a gift for the listeners. What is that gift? Yeah. I hear it's pretty juicy. Yeah, it's a four-page, super detailed listing timeline for the back end. Everything from uh, initial client contact, double-checking Zillow, uploading the Zillow video, everything. It's four pages. It's super detailed. Feel free to edit it however you would like. And then we have something that we present to the seller. So it's a nice little infographic of the listing timeline that's to be presented to the sellers. And then, of course, we have the four-page back end for the ops team. Love that, man. All right, Winston Murray from Portland, Oregon. This has been, uh, it's been a really enjoyable experience, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, Go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. 
I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.